So, if you have not been here with us over the last several weeks, we are in the book of James. And we are going to be in the book of James for a few more weeks. Um, Nine more weeks total in James over the next 11 weeks. We're going to take a break come Easter to focus on Easter. And so, uh, we're continuing in the book of James today. Um, And over the last several weeks, James has had a lot to lay out for us. Um, like, like we've talked about before, James, at this point, was, for all intents and purposes, was the senior pastor of the Church of Jerusalem. He, he oversaw the church in Jerusalem, and, and it was at a point where the, the Jews were battling back and forth with Rome, and they, they were dealing with persecution. Many of them had fled, and so when he writes this letter, he addresses it to the Jews in dispersion across the world greetings. And so as we know that they, they spread out all across of Europe at the time. And so he's writing this letter addressing Christians who are addressing Jews who have come to faith in Jesus. And so he's not only addressing doctrinal issues, but he's addressing them in a way where he's putting down the, the traditions that they've carried on with them. And so we've talked about testing of faith and how, how the testing of our faith builds a steadfastness in God. How, how temptations come from our own desires. And, and when we let those desires become action, then, then that action becomes sin. And how when we just give it over to the Lord, we don't have to deal with those desires. That, that we can give our, our whatever our wants and desires are to the Lord and come to know that, that He is enough. That these desires do not need to become a part of our lives. Two weeks ago, we talked about being hearers of the word and not doers of the word. What it means to to put into action what scripture tells us to do. To put into action what we have been called to do. And last week, we we finished out, uh, or we started the the second chapter of James in talking about showing love without bias. Showing love without partiality. What it means to to show love to all and to anyone who steps foot into our lives. And to do so in a way that not only honors them, but honors Christ in the way that we honor them. How we should, we should not show favoritism, how we should not show partiality, it says, but that we should love each and every person that comes into our lives the same. Because that's what Jesus did. He, he loved each and every person as they were where they were at in their lives, what they were dealing with, what they were, what they were suffering through. Jesus loved them where they're at. And as a church, as, as we start to can continue with this plan, this Reach 2024 plan, that's what we are trying to do. We are trying to love people where they're at. We are trying to, to love on the sheriff's department within their offices and, and love on the fire station within the fire station. We are trying to meet people where they are. Because if we sit around and we wait for them to come to us, we're going to be waiting a very long time. So when we meet people where they're at, when we love people for who they are, and we show no partiality, we show no favoritism, we just show the love of Christ, we are doing what we have been called to do. So now as we, as we finish out chapter 2 today, we get into my favorite section of James. I love this section of James so much. I like get giddy. I was like planning out the calendar and how this series was going to work. And I had this date circled on the calendar. I love this section of scripture. So as we jump into it today, we're going to be in James chapter 2. And I don't know if I, if I really 
ever express this out loud, but um, if you would like to follow in the scripture that I use, I use the ESV version. If you are on your phone or, or doing a digital Bible, I am in the ESV version. Uh, we will also have it up here on our screen. But if not, open your scriptures with us, James chapter 2, starting in verse 14. And he tells us this, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed or lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Y'all are probably thinking, Brandon, why is this your favorite set of scripture? This is crazy. Because we deal with this issue where, where we, we believe that we, as Christians, have earned our salvation. That we are continuing to earn our salvation. Every time we wake up, every time we get out of bed, we have to wake up and earn Jesus today. And James speaks directly against that. He starts it out by saying, what good is it, brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? He, he's addressing the end of the, the section above it. He tells us, so speak and act as those who have been judged under the law of liberty, for judgment is without mercy to those who have shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And then immediately in this letter goes right into it. What good is it if we don't have works with our faith? What does it mean for us if we don't have works with our faith? Out of the 16 times that the word faith is used within the letter that James wrote... 11 of those times happen here within this set of scripture. 11 times he discusses faith. Five of those times it's, it's discussed with this person, this, this person, this make-believe guy. He, he says in the next verse, but someone will say this, this someone is a fictional character. Or it was somebody that James had a conversation with at some point and then just decided not to name him. But it appears... 11 times out of the 16 times in James within these 12 verses. The ESV Bible says that, that when we say go in peace and be warmed and filled, like it says here in verse 15 and 16, if it's done so in a pious way or a pious wish and, and prayers for the welfare of the poor, but in reality it's a cop-out. Masking a refusal to help the person in need. When we send somebody on their way, we say, go in peace, thoughts and prayers. But when we don't step up and we don't put our faith into action, what kind of faith is that? David Platt said that, that faith in our heart is evident in the fruits in our lives. That the fruit in which that we can produce in our lives is what makes our faith evident. It's not just by our words, it's not just by, by what we say or what, how, we, how we present the gospel. It's by the way that we live. Fake faith is apparent in the lack of fruits produced. And Jesus explains that. Jesus himself explains that back in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. He tells us this, he's, he's discussing false prophets. But the same can be said for us in our everyday lives. He tells them, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. 
You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but diseased, tree, diseased trees bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. The way that we are recognized as Christians in our society is not by the t-shirt that we wear that says, I follow Jesus. It's not by the words that we say when we tell people we follow Jesus. It's in the actions and the life that we live when we're not talking. It's in the way that we love our neighbors. It's in the way that we love those around us. Our fruit is what shows people our faith. So when James addresses this, he says that that this is a dead faith. Should we not have works that go with it? He continues on verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? How aggressive does he get right here? He says, you tell people that you believe in Jesus. You tell people that you follow Jesus, that you know this man, that you know who he is. Good job. Good job. The demons believe the same thing. Even the demons believe and shudder. It's not enough for us just to know Jesus. We are to show that we know Jesus by how we live our lives. Do you want to be shown that faith apart from works is useless? Do you want us to show you what that means? He'll do so. He tells them like this. Verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. It wasn't, because that, it wasn't because he was going to offer up his son. It was the fact that he followed through with what he was told to do. It was the fact that he carried out what God was commanding of him. And he was called a friend of God because of his actions. How often do we miss this mark? We carry the name of Jesus. We tell people about Jesus. This is, this is what I believe. This is what I know. This is... But then our actions don't match our words. It'd be the same thing if I, if I got up here every Sunday and I told y'all about how well my diet and exercise was going. Right? There's no evidence of it. There, there's no... When you laugh too hard, Matt, it really gets me. There's no evidence of it. There, there's no evidence that I am actually putting in the work that is required of me of my diet and exercise. You'll never see somebody like me putting out an exercise tape, hopefully. 
Because our words have to match our actions. When, when our words do not match our actions, people are not going to take us seriously. Not only that, but they're not going to take our Jesus seriously. Because if my, if my words are wrapped around actions that cause hate and discontent and aggressiveness, whatever it causes, we have missed the mark as believers in Jesus. When my words are wrapped around actions that only benefit myself, we miss the mark as believers in Jesus. He continues on. Verse 24, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For for those of you that join us on Wednesday nights for our Bible study, we just discussed Rahab. We just discussed in Joshua what Rahab did for the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel had finally come to the edge of the promised land. They had finally were going to fulfill years and decades and centuries of promise. And Joshua being the one that was going to lead this million-man nation into their new promise. Send a couple spies. Go check out Jericho. Go see what it's about. Go figure out what we are standing up against. So he sends two messengers. Those messengers come into the house of Rahab. The king hears that the messengers are there, and Rahab hides them. And because of that, they would go on to take over the city of Jericho and tear down the walls and come into the promise that God had promised them so many years ago. All because of the faith of a Gentile woman who had no business hiding away these Jews, had no business hiding away these messengers. But because of her faith, not only did Rahab come to salvation, but Rahab's entire family came to salvation. Not only did the entire family come to salvation, but then Rahab was one of five women mentioned in the lineage of Jesus in Matthew 1. Because of her faith, She's even described as Rahab the prostitute. But all of that is left to the wayside because of her faith. You have this this compare and contrast. You have the father of the Jews. You have Abraham. And and all these Jews are going, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's fantastic. We love Abraham with our number one fingers, his face on it. We love Abraham. But in the same way was not Rahab justified by her works was not the grandmother of the messiah justified by her works james the brother of jesus this is his grandmother great 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 grandmother but she was justified by her works because she tells them when when they come into into her presence she tells them we know who y'all are we know who your god is We know what he has done for y'all, and we're nervous. We're shuddering. It tells us, she said, our hearts are melting away because of your God. Because of what your God has promised you and what we have heard that he can do, I believe it. 
And because of her faith, because she put her faith into action by risking her own life, if they would have found out that she was hiding these spies, they could have killed her, no questions asked. But because of her faith put into action, she became the first Gentile convert. She would go on to be in the lineage of the Messiah because she put her faith into action. He, can, he finishes this section out. He tells us, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. It's not that our faith is a requirement and, and a you have to earn this. You have to come and get this salvation every day. Come, come and compete. Paul tells us in, in Ephesians 2 that, that faith, that, excuse me, that, that because of their faith, that they were saved not by anything that they had done, but because of his grace. His grace through our faith leads to salvation. It is not a requirement. It is an overflow of what we believe. It is an overflow of who we are. If we are going to follow Christ, then our faith should bubble over into action. Our faith should should spur us into doing something. So it's like, okay, so what do I, I have to come up and I have to clean the church or I have to go out and I have to feed the sick or I have to do... Just do something. Not everyone is called to do everything for the kingdom, but you are called to something. Let your faith pour over into action. One way you can do that, you can start small. Join our prayer line. Join our prayer chain. It's a simple text. That we, when a prayer comes through, we text it to you and you pray. It's very simple. But... It is something that you can use to put your faith into action for the benefit of others. A body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Whenever we step out into the world, whenever we step out into whatever it is that we are doing, people should see Jesus in the way that we act. They should see Jesus in the way that we treat people. And we're not always going to get it right because we're not perfect. But when we strive to be more like him, we show people the love of Christ that they might not see anywhere else. They might not see it within their, their family. They might not see it within their friend groups. They might not see it at all. But if they can see it in you, the Lord will do the rest. So as we look at this last part of of James, there's a few things that that we want to pull out from this section. And we're going to backtrack a little bit. But what we can pull from this is that saving faith is three things. The first thing it is, is saving faith is pure. And again, this backtracks a little bit. This goes back to the end of chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 tells us this, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, 
but deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their afflictions and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Our faith should spill over to where we are caring for the most vulnerable groups within our society. Orphans and widows, and for us, it, it can be single mothers or expecting mothers that, that are dealing with pregnancies that, that they weren't planned. Or, or, or dealing with those who have lost a job and are, are suffering, or those who have lost a family member and are suffering because of it. We are to love the most vulnerable groups around us and to keep ourselves unstained from the world. A saving faith is first pure. That is what pure faith looks like, is that my faith spills over into loving those around me. It spills over into to loving anybody that steps into my life. Have you ever had somebody in your life that just keeps popping up? Like an old friend that you've known forever that just kind of keeps showing up in your life? Mine's my FedEx guy. And the reason I say that is because I grew up with this guy. We're old friends. We started playing football together in seventh grade. But he just keeps showing up. And not just because of FedEx and him delivering all of our Amazon packages, which happens, but there were times that I I was at a house mowing last summer, and I'm mowing, and I'm not paying any attention. I have my headphones in, and I'm jamming and doing my thing, and he pulls up to this house that I'm mowing for. And, of course, we shake his hand, big hug, how's it going? But then ever since that moment, he just keeps showing up. As if God is telling me that there's something here. There, there is this person to love on, love on this person. And I don't know if there's something he's going through that he needs support in or that he, that he needs. But I can tell you this, he, he needs Jesus. Whether he has Jesus yet or not, he needs Jesus. And so if we are going to have our faith overflow into works, it's going to be for people like that. People that just keep showing up. People that just keep appearing in our lives. A saving faith is pure. We are to love on those who need love. The most vulnerable, the most in-need groups within our society. And there is somebody in your life that, that this qualifies for. But we are to love on them and show that our faith is is pure. The next thing, a saving faith is generous. James mentions this person at the beginning that, that, that just tells them, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed or lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and be warm and filled. What good is that? We are to be generous. Give to those that need. And maybe we can't personally always do for everybody that comes into our lives. Sending somebody off in need with only thoughts and prayers oftentimes isn't enough. And again, we might not be able to help every single person every single time without question, but we can do as much as the Lord allows us to do. 
as much as the Lord guides us to do. And sometimes it might put us in an uncomfortable position. But the great thing about the Lord is that he always provides. We are called to be generous. Our saving faith, the faith that that shows that we are truly followers of Jesus, is a generous faith. Lastly, saving faith is active. An active faith that is visible, not just faith with lip service. Not just faith that tells people that we believe in Jesus, but a faith that shows people that we believe in Jesus. Being active in your faith can be as, as, as little as, like I said, coming onto our prayer chain, being involved in our prayer chain, showing up Wednesday nights and being involved in our prayer service and our Bible study coming to our small group and and being involved with the community like we are called to be. And then we take what we we gain here with with our Bible studies and our our worship services and whatever that we're doing here. We take that with us into our everyday lives and we offer it to those around us. You can be active in your faith by the giving of your time or your money by listening to others who are struggling or hurting. There are so many things that you can do that is not just coming and teaching Sunday school or participating in Collide. Do those things. If you were called to do those things, please step up and do them. Absolutely step up and do them. We would love for you to get involved. But it's also in your everyday lives. In the way that that you love on those within your community. One of my favorite things to do is just to put on Facebook. What's your prayer request? What are you you struggling with today? If you don't want to put it on Facebook, message me. Let me pray for you. It's such a minor thing, but it is something that we can do to put our faith into action. To show people that I am going to take time out of my day to go to the Lord on your behalf. A saving faith is an active faith. A faith that is constantly pursuing Jesus and constantly pursuing the Great Commission, which is to go and share the gospel with everyone. A saving faith is an active faith. I don't know where you're at in in your spiritual walk, but I can guarantee you that when you start putting your faith into action, you will see God work in a way that you might not have ever seen before. I, I, I say it every time we talk about our, our prayer on Wednesday night, but I genuinely love the fact that, that we can have a prayer request here, and in three months we have an answered prayer request. And we get to go back and we get to thank the Lord for what he has done in this person's life or, or this situation or whatever it is that we've prayed for. But I promise you, the moment that you begin to get active in your faith, you will see God move in a way that you might not have ever seen before. And maybe it's not in your life, but it's in the lives of those around you. Because when we put our faith into action, we get to watch the Lord work within our lives. And again, it's not because of anything that we've done, but it's just because we have 
finally put to use this faith that we claim to have. Active faith is a visible faith. So if you're here today and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I urge you, put your faith into action this week. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's in your home or if it's in your, your, your career or if it's in your community that you're in, whatever it is, put your faith into action. Help a neighbor. Pray for somebody in your family. Reach out to somebody that you know is struggling and go, hey, what can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I be there for you? And then watch how God moves.